everybody. everybody. Welcome, welcome, Melinda Sullivan, Sullivan to, to the 31st, 31st episode of the podcast. Melinda Sullivan is a sought actor, dancer, singer, actress, performer, puppeteer, and most my favorite part is sister friend. Me and Melinda have been friends for over two decades, which is crazy to say. We've watched, We've watched each, each other grow up. Um, we have um, had each other's backs, and I'm so, so happy to have her here on the podcast. If you've ever seen Melinda, seen Melinda perform, perform or dance or, or teach or you took her class, you already know you're in for, in for also Melinda and I have worldwide, worldwide shenanigans. shenanigans. Um, <laughs> we can talk about Melinda. Melinda, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. I'm, I was like I nervous to to be to be. <laughs> it's just, it's just been so long, you know, since I've had a performance. So I mean, you I know mean, that you know that just makes me feel so good, Melinda. So I appreciate you. So you know, every podcast, I try to I try to wear something or do something that represents my guest. And so I have on a shirt, right? And my shirt said it could all be so simple. And the reason I wear that is because Melinda always says when people do ridiculous things or just go off the wall, it could be so simple. That's true. That's true. I also I also our matching necklaces. Oh my god! Oh my god! Look at us with our onyx. Guys, we're so cool. Onyx, onyx words off bad. If you're bad, if you're bad energy, your Instagram's gonna crash right now. You got it on double sides. You got it on both. So Melinda, you look great. You look great. Your lips, your lipstick. I know. I know. I dusted it off from like 2003. I'm like, I put on a lip gloss. You see? I do. I do. It be popping. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. My lip gloss is popping. My lip gloss is cool. Melinda also, Melinda also has a special guest with her, little bunny tutu, with little bunny tutu. Like to say hello. Um, um, she's a little nervous as well, but maybe at the end she'll do a little performance. Okay. Okay. If you want a little bunny tutu performance, I say you have to stay. You have to stay on track. I feel like I feel like after our conversation, because it's gonna be so positive, she's gonna feel inspired to come and do like a kickball change or some sort of performance. Okay. She has a few friends with her too, so there's there's. <laughs> the whole, the whole, there's a whole there's a whole crew um, um it's, it's amazing. amazing oh wow oh wow we, we have france in the house, house. bonjour bonjour <gasps> bonjour bonjour isn't that isn't amazing? that amazing is that, is so everybody everybody fun fact melinda, melinda came up with the term with the term modified, modified. can everybody, can everybody give an applause it was max it was max too, right? too yeah, right yeah it was really yeah, my my partner in crime my roommate. Her hubby. Her hubby. Her hubby. My roommate. My roommate. You know what? You know what? It's like you by proxy because it's true. If I didn't know you, I would never have known Max even made a modifier. So it's like you created it because you made it. You created me and Max's friendship. Who I love. Hey, Max. Max will have to be on the modcast for this. So we can talk about, so all, we can the talk about all the great things he's doing. Um, um, but so, but so, so thank you. So everybody, when you see modify, thank Melinda, and Melinda and Max because, because, because that is how that became. And you know, my and you know, my friend wrote me today. She has a very high-powered high job in the government. Um, and she said, modify. It's having a terribly stressful morning. And you know, I just stopped and I said to myself, you need to modify. 
and you're like, and you're like, great, that'll be a dollar. I felt so special. I was like, I mean, I mean, she does what she does for a living, she like literally keeps us safe, and she was like top, top, top security pants. I was like, you thought of me. You're like, you're like, her name is Vice President Harris. Okay, how cool would that be? So, Melinda, enough about me. We're going to talk about you. So, Melinda. Yes, yes. We all know you're a performer, amazing performer. You're a triple threat. Like we know from our video. So, you know, we're a year into the pandemic. How have you been doing and how have you been staying creative? Um, I'm doing okay. Um, okay. I, I, was I, I, I was just telling Max, Max that I feel, um, um, so much more full this spring, like last spring, we were like just in it, in it and, it was, and it was very depressing, very depressing. And I was, and I was actually living at Monaco in, in New York up until, <clears> up until the working, pandemic, working um, on a Broadway, um, show, a Broadway there, show there. And, like and then it was like this sudden thing, like literally I went straight from the theater to the airport with like just my backpack and like escaped. You guys, you guys, when Melinda's LA, saying that, LA, LA, LA ended up being worse than New York, which is what's hilarious. hilarious. No, but, no, but Melinda, Melinda was like, was like I, I left a, like, a, a, uh, like a pot on the, on the stove because she was out of there. No, I didn't even say goodbye to anyone. It was like classic Irish goodbye, which is, which is my specialty anyway. But like, we were in, it was the night before the show was going to open at, um. I was I was working with Michelle working Dorn, with Michelle Dorn's as her associate forever, and, literally, and literally it was like it was like the NBA, the NBA closed, and my and, and, my, and Max told me, and, told me, and that's when like, I knew I'm like if the NBA's done, done, like I gotta get home. But anyway, that being said, like last spring was just like fresh from that, and so this so this spring feels so much more hopeful. But as far as answering your question about staying creative, I feel like in the beginning of the pandemic. It was, it was uh, uh, I, I, put I, I put all this pressure on myself, like, I need to work on all this list, list of projects that I had all, all of us did, right? I was like, I'm going to write my children's album, and I'm going to learn how to do it in Spanish, and I'm going to, like, take piano lessons, and I was, like, doing all this stuff. And then I sort of, like, which is very typical me, like, I swing one way, and I'm like, overachiever. And then I, like, swing the other way, and I'm like, I'm doing nothing. And now I'm in a nice place in the middle where I'm like, okay, okay. Like, what are the things I, like, practically want to work on? So, so like you know like this one this idea one idea for this pilot, pilot, pilot that I've been working on so like just contributing ideas to that I want to I want to you know working on my health health like so like doing Pilates every day, every day and um, um, finally convinced, finally convinced actually, actually Max convinced Max to set up his drum kit. So I'm like, so I'm like, oh, like I've always wanted to play the drum, so it's fun to just like have them up in the house and oh I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, so our neighbors, our neighbors love us. Love us. Um, um, but I know they, I love, they love you. And guess what? If they hate you, they can. Actually, you might actually. Oh, they. Oh, they do. Are you like bringing joy to them? We're bringing joy to the people. That's what we do. Um, um, but but anyway. So anyway, so I feel like I'm in a much better place. Um, as far as as far as like just having having self compassion. Okay, this has been a really hard year, and like. You know, we're all trying, all trying to literally survive. Literally, literally survive. Like, literally survive. Literally survive. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> it's been nice that things have been opening up. Like, like work is happening. More people are vaccinated. Like, it's easier to get tested more often. And and we just know more about the virus. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel more hopeful. And 
more inspired, more inspired to, to just collaborate. Just collaborate. I mean, that's as far as that's, that's, that's the thing that's the hardest for me. Like, I love to collaborate with people. Like, I'm on this lonely island. Like, I want to be with with other people, helping people with their vision, or like you know, bouncing you know, things bouncing off things off of people I love. People I love. So that's the hardest thing because I'm like just in just in my room by myself. Like, what do you think about that? Little bunny tutu is a great friend. Okay. 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 She's always there oh my therapist loves me too she really listens she really listens look at her ears they're so big they're ready to listen they're ready they're ready also everybody i would also like to just clarify that little bunny tutu is not because like easter just happened little bunny tutu is is a ongoing year-round all situation all religious holidays you know, from Hanukkah to Christmas to Kwanzaa to to Okay, okay. That's right. But um, but um, so yeah. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to the most is like, I I really thrive off of um being with being with people in the room like and like that's why I love being with ladies and I work with you know with you and I work your sister Chloe a lot and I work with Michelle Dorrance a lot and like that to me that to me is like. My happy, my happy place. place. Like, like, I, if I, I could just live my life, like I would just be super happy. So, who is your who is your dream collaboration, dead or alive? Ooh, ooh. Um, dream dream collaboration. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I. I'd have to think about that. I mean, as far as dead, passed on to the next round. Let me think. Let me think. No. I mean, I'm really, I'm really interested in. This is like such a word, but like storytelling. No, it's not. But because people say that and then they don't tell a story. It's like it's like the word journey. It's the word journey too. I just worked with the director. Like I hate the word journey. Like take us on a journey. I'm like, I kind of, I kind of understand where you're coming from. But as far as far as like storytelling goes, like I, I, love working, love working with women. I want to only work with women as much as I can. As much as I can. So, so I would love to, I would love to work with more female directors, more female choreographers. And yeah, but musically, there's like there's like so many musicians I would love to play. I like I would love to tap dance. The tap dance, and I know you and you and Chloe talk about this all the time. I'd love I'd love to tap dance one time, like in a huge arena, like with with like a female female band, like Heim or something, like sisters sisters who have a rock band. I know they are. They are open for Beyonce at Beachella. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But like some, you know, I just would love to like rock out, like. With the wind, with machine, the wind or machine or something. So, with the wind machine, that, that is key. With the wind, with we the wind may, we, we manifest, manifest dreams, dreams here on the podcast. That's why I asked you. We do. But I have to think more about dream collaboration specifically. That's actually a really good question, and I'll. I'll add it to my to-do list. Add it to your to-do list. To your to-do list. list. To-do and, list. Then and then when we do Modcast Part 2 with Belinda, then you can tell us. Or when Max is on the Modcast, you can just run and be like, what your collaborations are? I love it. Have you and your husband, Max, everybody, Max is an amazing Have y'all ever collaborated on anything? You know what's funny is I was thinking today, because of course I'm like trying to prepare as much as I can, which is so dumb. This is just my MO, people. I like to prepare. It's called anxiety. But... I was like, I wonder if Paul's going to ask me about working with Max. So when Max and I first started dating, which is like 10, 11 years ago, we did a couple gigs together because he's a drummer. He doesn't play as much anymore, but 
now he's on the now he's on the dancing side. side. But, but we like played we like played a few gigs together because of course like classic classic tap dancers. You're like, will you do a favor for me? Of course, of course. Will you carry will you carry my tap board and play the drums? You're my man. You're my man. Will you carry my tap board, play the drums, and do it for and do it for free? Thank you very much. And a full massage after. Yeah, but but yeah. We did a few gigs, did a few together, gigs together, and, and we quickly realized, quickly realized that, that um, if we wanted to have a have a longevity in our relationship, let's just say friendship, um, that it was best that we didn't work together. Mostly because of me, and I am very opinionated, and I, if you know, you know, performers, performers, you know, it's like when you're in show mode, it's like this other kind of click. No, it's no, it's like you're not crazy, but it is a whole. It's like alter ego. It's your alter ego. It's my Sasha Fierce. It's my Sasha. It's my Sasha frenzy. Sasha frenzy. So we quickly realized. I right now. I think he. I think he left. He was doing the dances. God bless him. But I think he. But I think he went on a bike ride. Oh. But he. He. He'll watch it later. But yeah. But yeah. So we. We. We quickly realized. Quickly realized, which I really appreciate about him, that we both have the foresight to be like, you know what, this isn't great. This isn't great. And he also. And he also like he and he and he truly means it. And this is so sweet and corny, but like he's like I like to watch you perform. Like I like. He's like, I can't do that when I'm like behind, behind you, or like you, or like, you know, helping you, know, helping you. And he always, and he always still helps me. And of course, he's he he is, he is super, so super supportive and, and obviously drum, drum and something if I needed him to. But um, but yeah, I think but yeah, I think a lot of people can be in a relationship with someone who they perform with, and I just I don't I don't think I have the skill have the skill sets or the personality that either does Max where that's gonna work. I do think we'd be really good producers together. I think we'd be really good like behind the scenes together. Because you can because you can also delegate much more easily more easily. And it's and it's paper. It's literally on paper where art is like it's feelings, it's feelings and emotions. Yeah, and emotions. Exactly. And exactly. I, yeah, I think, and I hope, because, you know, that would be super, that would be super fun, fun to like, work on a project with him on the other side. But as far as when, as we're, far on as when we're on stage, there's you're like, you're like, wind machine for one way. Okay. <laughs> it won't blow his juke curls back. There's only space for you. That's right. It's funny, though. But I think that it's amazing that you recognize that because I also feel like people are like, if you're an artist, if you're an artist, you date an artist. Oh, you have to work, oh, together. Have to work together. And honestly, and honestly sometimes, I sometimes I just feel like it's more interesting to date something that does something different, that that appreciates what you do, but it's not. But it's not like let's go, let's go to the gig, to the gig, and then, and then let's go home, and then let's go to rehearsal together. Like, I, I too, imagine that I would be the same way because. When I did, when I have, did a have a boyfriend that drum, that drum we performed, we together, performed together, together a few times, times but it was never, it was never like, like, we need to, we need to do this and be this thing. He had his thing, I had my thing, and it was mutual respect. respect. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. But, I but I appreciate you for saying that, too, because I feel like people think that you have to, you know, to be in like a happy relationship, you have to do these kinds of things. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, I, um, yeah, and, yeah, and, I, and, I, and, I, and no judgment on people that, like, do. like, just, no, I just, no, I just, and no, same, it's just not for us. Yeah, but in, yeah, but in fun, these guys, Melinda, Melinda and I performed together once, she, she sang and played the guitar, and I clapped. That's right, that's right. I should, I should post it. We have paid our dues. If any young people don't know the phrase, pay your dues. 
You got you got it. Okay, okay, let's talk about paying dues money. Let's just talk a little bit about paying dues. Dude, so, so for any young people listening, by the way, by the way, hey, hey, Philip Atmore, Atmore. Atmore. he said yes. We yeah. something else. Yeah, yeah, Philip. Um, actually, um, Philip, actually, Philip knows, knows, Philip knows, and actually, I think they went to high school, high school together. It's small world. It's too small. Too small. So, talk, so, so tell, tell us about, about some of the dues that you paid that stand out in your mind. You know what's you know what's great. I was just thinking about. Sorry, I got it. I gotta, I gotta expand, um, expand on this before, on this before I talk specific. Talk specifics. What's great about paying your dues is that is that then when you get then when you get opportunities, you know we're both you know we're both in our mid thirties. I don't I don't feel bad. Um, that we're, we're, not that we're not in our mid thirties. We're early thirties. Thank you. Thank you. We're in our very late twenties. We are in our teens. That's right. That's right. But when you're when you know we've been working for like you like you said. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, um, and so, but and when, so, these, but when these opportunities come to me now, come to me like, now, I like, I don't bad. feel bad when they come to when me they come because, to me because I have paid, paid my dues, which is such a great feeling. Like, and I think it's and good, I think it's good especially as women, to feel confident. Like, yes, I deserve this. And I know I imposter syndrome. Because I've danced at 8 a.m. in a mall and put on temporary tattoos on children, like in a bathing suit. Like, I don't need to do that again, you know? But like, I'm so happy I've done these things. I think that's a really good point because I think, because that, I think that a lot of people, when you see like a lack of gratitude, is because they didn't necessarily necessarily have to pay the dues or don't recognize it. That's right. That's right. And you and you you appreciate it just grounds you as far as like, far as like I think especially I think especially as a tap dancer because we have to self produce all the time and we always have. Um. Oh, you're frozen. Oh, you're frozen. Can you hear me? I am. I am. Can you see me? Can you see me now? Am I frozen? Am I frozen? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I feel like my phone is on the way out, by the way. Like, just kaput. Kaput. There's probably like seven new items out. That's why. Exactly. Exactly. Long story long. What were talking about? Paying your dues. Paying your dues. And how you have no idea. How tap dancers always have to produce our own stuff. We have to produce our own stuff, which is incredible. Um, um, it's incredible. It's way incredible to way to sharpen your tool belt, and not just as a performer, not just as an improviser. Mm -hmm. Like, like from street, from street like, like, like leave all street, all street performed as a tap dancer. Like, it's kind of like hard, <laughs> harder. Yeah. It's a rite of passage. Which to like booking a booking venue, a venue to hiring hiring musicians to making up your own arrangements to um. Managing, managing your own deals as a teacher, as a teacher. Like, like and now and now that I don't, that have, I don't to have to do all that myself, that myself I, appreciate I appreciate it when people do it with me or with me or for me or when I'm on set or when I'm in a theater, theater. Like I I get it. Like I understand what it's like to literally carry my heavy freaking tap boards. Yes, yes. To a venue, to a venue that I have rented. Myself, myself, and, and, like, where, you're, and where, where you're where you're also losing money, money to, do to do your art. Yes, yes, and that's fine. And that's and fine. Feel, and I feel like I, I. So anyway, so as far as I feel like very grateful, especially especially to be a tap dancer, because, because in a in a, a different way than like being a ballet, being a ballet dancer. dancer. Like you're, like, you're not. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's this institution that you kind of grow up to, but as a tap dancer, it's like it's kind of it's kind of a free for all, and it's so beautiful. Like I really appreciate that sort of. Um, grit, um, grit, it, it gave me, it like, gave me, like, but gave me, you know, me, you know? 
but as far as, but as, far as specific, specific cleaner juice, like, I, I, the first real, real, like, touring, touring job I did, I, did. I was 17 years old, and, and I left home, and I toured with the musical Cats, and I was, and I was a swing, a swing. You and if you don't know what a swing is, is it's when you're <laughs> understudy, and you cover several roles, I covered five different roles. And I was and literally, I was literally so, young so young when I signed the contract. Like, the contract. Already like they already thought I was a legal adult. Like the stage, like, the manager, stage manager had to be like a legal guardian. They were like, "Oh my god, you're underage." It was another time. So so I I, I was so excited for that job. Like I remember telling someone in the cast, "I would I would pay to be here." That's how green I was. I was just so happy. You would pay. I said out loud to someone, "I would pay to be here." I remember walking to New York City. And I was just like, because we did work, I left home. I grew up, I grew up outside of Los Angeles. Moved to New York, to, New York to do a rehearsal and period. And then I went on this bus and truck tour. So if you don't know so what, that, don't know what that is, the bus and truck tour is not, no beds. There's no beds. There's no flights. You are in you a are seat. In a seat. That, is, that is your home. And you basically wake up at four every morning, get back on the bus, you sleep for a few hours at night. And this was a non-union tour. So I sounds horrible. It was horrible. My dressing rooms were like, were like men's locker rooms, like basements. The dressing rooms were crazy. I also, I had to learn five different tracks of dance tracks, which included multiple vocal tracks, which included five different cat makeup. Tracks that, tracks that I had to learn how to do. Um, um, and to, at, and to at and 17. Yeah, I turned 18 on the road. I turned 18 in Fargo, North Dakota. That's not desirable. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But, but, as, but, it, was, but it was like, yeah, some, yeah, bus some and truck sounds like, like me on a band, me on a band exactly. trip. Exactly. And, and I was like, I mean, my roommate on tour was like in her third, you know, you know. So, so it was just, it was just, it was an incredible, it was an incredible experience. experience. Looking back now, would be like mortified, mortified if someone I knew, someone that. I knew that. Mama. Okay. Now I can. Hi girl. And we're back. And we're back. Sorry. Okay. What was your question? Leah asked a really great question. She said, how do you lose money making art? Mm. Great question. Yeah, I think maybe another way to phrase it. I mean, I modern I can say that, and we know what that means. To me but now, maybe yeah. For a younger can crowd, you now. it's like you're investing okay. in your art. You're investing in your art, and the return. That's so weird. I don't know what's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Sabrina said I was referring to her a lot of times. Huh. Hold on, you know, I'm gonna go black for one moment. I'm gonna turn you know, off my Wi-Fi. Chloe and Mott have done this a lot for syncopated ladies. They've invested in okay. their um, company I'm gonna look by, you know, renting out a space to film a video, paying hair and makeup, paying a stylist, right? And the video may not at first have a financial return, but mm -hmm. you're investing in yourself. And the same is, you know, there's many iterations of that. Like I have done um, so a few years back, I won like a choreography grant called the ACE Awards. And I was there. And Maude was there. Maude was I was there. And you know what was there? Harold Cromer. She's always there. Um, but <laughs> of course, I over. I tried yeah. I was like, also did a Kickstarter in addition. And I was very lucky because I have a lot of supportive friends and family um, and colleagues. And they um, helped me raise even more money. And mm -hmm. I 
you know, I, I put on a show that I knew wouldn't make money. Like it wasn't about making money. That show was so good though. Thanks. It was called Gone and I and I con uh, collaborated with a friend of mine who's a wonderful composer for a string ensemble. And like, I, you know, I wanted to invest in that. I wanted to pay the musicians. I wanted to record an album. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have a wood floor and- um, Which by the way, sorry to cut you off Melinda. Melinda is one of the most generous people ever. Every video almost that we have with the wood floor that we have, like, you know, like our Savage video, et cetera. Those are Melinda shows that she bought um, to do her show and then has just generously let us use them and abuse them. So we love and thank you, Melinda. We're always like, Melinda's the best. Oh, my mom just came on. She said, it's Melinda. Hey, mom. Um, <laughs> but what's funny is that, like, for me, like, on my end, I'm like, it was always free storage of the board. So I'm like, take the board. Because meanwhile, it's like classic young person mistake. I'm like, let me buy all these tap boards, but I don't have a place to store them. It's like, I didn't think the next step through that. Anyway, right. but thanks, Mon. I, I'm, I'm no, we are, are so thankful. Tapboard, oh, Lisa's to be here used. too. A lot of the syncopated ladies are on. You know, what we should do one day as a modcast. Now you can have up to five people on Instagram Live. We should do a syncopated ladies one. Oh my gosh, it'd be so fun. That would be so much fun. Oh, somebody asks this, I think is a really great question for you, Melinda. Yeah. Any advice for imposter syndrome? Abby is moving to New York in the fall and it still doesn't feel real. Congrats, Abby, on college. Hi, Abby. Abby is a very talented young person. Um, Extremely talented and sweet and smart. She is. Um, I think it's good to, just like anything, I mean, this is like therapy one-on-one, like just to acknowledge your feelings. Be mm -hmm. like, I feel like I don't belong here. And there's many ways you can acknowledge it. You can tell a close friend, you can write it down. Um, and then I think it's good, at least for me to remember one, it's not life or death. Like we're not surgeons. Um, we're not curing cancer. We're not, it's, we're not curing a disease. Like it's, it's going to be okay. And so like, for me, what helps is like going through worst case scenario, right? So worst case scenario, someone you know you're moving to new york someone's gonna know that i'm like kind of green and and i don't know what i'm doing that's not actually that bad of a scenario and like screw you like who cares exactly start somewhere like to me i'm like i don't care what you think um but then uh also it's just like absorbing the culture is super important so like for me like when i'm on set and i i had you know when i was young and i was first going to set I had imposter syndrome, like, I don't belong here. And it's like, what is the culture of the set? Everyone mm. here does their job. Okay, crew work super hard, respect the crew, mm -hmm. follow the rules, show up on time. Like, what is the culture? What is the, like, community here? And, like, tapping into that opposed to, like, turn it inward. Like, what is everyone going to think about my job and my performance? Like, <laughs> no one really cares. And what's more important is, like, the culture that you're a part of. And I think that's the same for New York, like, I would just like dive deep into New York culture. Like, what does it mean to like live in New York? Like visit the parks, visit the museums, go to see like, uh -huh. like that's going to make you feel more like I'm a New Yorker. Like if someone were to visit me, I could tell them like, check out this restaurant, check out this jazz pub or, you know, check out this thing. Like, and I think that has helped me a lot. Like try to focus less on myself and like, what's the culture around me? And like, how can I be a part of that? 
I love that. And somebody, Lamont said, and keeping good company. I think that's yes. important too. Because I think Absolutely. New York, New York is a hard city. Like as amazing as it is, it's a hard city. And what I, what I mean by hard is like physically hard. Physically, you, yeah. Physically, to go to the grocery store, you have to go and you have to carry them yourself. And if you live in a walk up, you have to carry. Again, these are all privileged people problems, but it's not easy like in LA or in a suburb where you have a car and then you run all your errands. I was in LA and I was thinking to myself, maybe like a few weeks ago, I did like 10 errands in like an hour. And I was like, in New York, that would have taken me three days. Yeah. Literally. Point. Only because point. the train, then I, then I have to drop something off at home because I don't have enough hands to carry everything. But I think you're going to have so much fun in New York, make good friends. There's really nice people there. And like, Melinda said, immerse yourself. Don't yeah. lose yourself, immerse yourself. And we're here if you ever need anything. Yes. But I think imposter syndrome is like something that has been so ingrained in us, particularly in women, particularly people of color, yeah. because of racism and patriarchy. And I'm so happy that it's become like a buzzword as of late, because now we can acknowledge it and speak about it and it's not some like foreign term to talk about because I, I think it's also a very natural thing to have because everybody has yeah. been telling you your whole life you you're not worthy and you're not good enough and i think we've all experienced it perhaps at some point in some way yeah love you too then, abby yeah. yeah congrats abby love you girl um so melinda yes one of the things that you have done during quarantine that I love is entertain us all with your wigs, your puppetry, and your theatrics. So <laughs> for anybody at home who's maybe feeling a little down, what is something that you can do or that they can do to just bring some joy and some life into their lives? Like what they can do to like help themselves. Yeah, what they can do yeah. because you are you are such a good self entertainer. <laughs> it's, <you> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, I have plenty of non joyful moments, but I do have a lot. I will say that something that has really um, helped me is humor. Right, like finding that sense of humor, watching comedy, and I, mod is the same. Like mod. Mod is like joy central, but like Mod has hard had a very difficult life. Like it's not like she was born like she's worked on it. I just want to say that too, because a lot of times people are like, it's just natural and she doesn't work at it. I'm like, no, Mod also like consciously works to like be happy and that's that's really commendable. So I just want to say that too, because it's Melinda. not just it of course is like your natural like spirit and like demeanor, but like you make an effort too, and I just feel like that should be noted. But as far Thanks, as Miranda. Um, it's become yeah. a habit. I think it's about right. forming the habit. That's right. And yeah, but I think what's really fun for me is to find like a sense of play and puppets is like the ultimate sense of play for me. Like not only do we associate them with being a kid, but like <laughs> it's really therapeutic and it's really like it's immediately makes me laugh at myself, which I think is super helpful when you're someone who like overthinks or gets goes inward like if you can laugh at yourself like physically laughing one is like sends vibrations to your body and like releases hormones but two it, you're like why am i worried about these things that like don't really matter you know 
And if you do have things that really matter to worry about, then it can give you clarity. Like, okay, I do need to worry about that one thing, but everything else doesn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. And also costumes, like dressing up what like Maude was saying, as far as like, we were joking earlier about like alter egos, Sasha Fierce, Sasha Frenzy, whatever. But there is something <laughs> like, I mean, that's why there's so much freedom, right? Like in the concept of like drag or something like that, like finding yeah. another, finding freedom through um, another character. And I think that's why Max and I have talked about this before, like why certain people are led to perform. And some people like want to, uh, I feel like there's some people I know who are performers that like take off masks and they like they like expose themselves and there's some people like which i feel i am i'm like i like to put on things and i like to like become this other person right so for me like i the physical act of like putting on a wig putting on a hat putting on like a crazy costume like i have the costume like ton all performers have tons of costumes yeah um and there's something that's just so um that's so uh, exhilarating about that. And I think that anyone can do that. Anyone can, can find something in their house and like laugh at themselves. And I think it's, it's a, a good practice. It's funny that you, it's interesting a point that you make about how like a lot of performers come and then they feel like they can finally be themselves. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I can be a million people. And what's interesting is I actually find, um, because I don't feel like you compartmentalize it so, because we always see Melinda in all of, even in your blonde wig, it's Melinda. It might be 80s right. Melinda in leg right. warmers, but it's still Melinda and it's a conscious, like, now I'm, I'm just making up these characters. But what I found, and again, this is obviously not a everybody thing, but just in people I've encountered, is that people who do the opposite, who are like, on, on stage, I can finally be myself, and in real life, I'm somebody else, tend to be unhappy mm. because the only freedom they have is on stage and right. stage isn't real. Yeah. I mean, no. it's as real as we make it, but you know, and I, I think about that sometimes too, as a performer, like I'm so thankful that I can carry that over however I want to, but yeah. I never feel like I can't be myself fully when I'm not performing. And I think yeah. a lot of, um, performers, particularly really famous ones, start to feel like they have to do like this in real life, and then they can do this. I think, yeah, I think that's, you're, you're making a really good point. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I mean, I feel like that's a whole conversation, like why people are led to perform, you know, because yeah, it's, um, it's something that I talk to students a lot about, uh, maybe I don't talk to them, but I, I kind of observe it in them when I have students who are like, should I go into performing? Should I not? And it's like this intellectual conversation. I'm like, if you're intellectualizing, should I perform? You don't want to perform. No, it's, it is this deep addiction I have. Like, it's not, I can't describe it. It's like, I don't know if it's necessarily healthy, but it's, <laughs> it's just like, I, I've always wanted to do it. You know, I've always, since I was young, I've wanted to do it. And um, I think it's always fascinating to like, to see, you know, why people end up becoming performers because it's such a particular career. No, it is. And that's so interesting when you're talking about intellectualizing the art. And I feel like that's where we lose so much. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not even about when people say like, oh, commercial art isn't good. I don't necessarily think commercial art and bad are synonymous. I think it's like, 
this feels like this was made in a factory to create something where you knew it would make money as opposed to like, oh, this is just dope and now it's commercial. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that too is something that artists, young and, and seasoned artists struggle with a lot because we have terms like sell out and, mm -hmm. you know, not an, an inauthentic and stuff. And I, I feel like if we allow it to infiltrate our brains, then we don't create the way we want to because we are right. intellectualizing it too much. Right. And so, yeah. What advice would you give to any young, younger or more marinated person who wants to perform? Like who has that in them, but maybe mm -hmm. not even a particular skill, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, I think now there's such, there's such an outlet for it because of social media and TikTok, like, which is, there's obviously a darkness and a weird side to that, but there's such, a, there's such a fun side to that too. Like some of my favorite, I'm not on TikTok, but there's a lot of crossover. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you get, a, we get to see like a lot of TikToks on Instagram now, but like some of my favorite TikToks I see are like people who aren't professional performers that are just funny. Yes. And they, or like, they make up silly little songs and I'm like, this is amazing. Like what a gift that they have an outlet, you know, mm -hmm. especially for women, especially for people of color. Like it, it is a free outlet that you can use if you have a phone and, and phone service. Um, and, but as far as advice, like, I think, I think if you're just doing it for fun, like you should just do it for fun and, and create and have, you know, a blast if you do want to pursue it professionally, like at some point you do have to tap into the technical side of like whatever you want to do um, and develop that talent. Cause again, a lot of kind of like talking about with Ma, with her joy, like I do believe there is some talent you can be born with, but you also have to work at being talented. Like it takes yeah. a lot of work um, and you have to want to enjoy the process. Right. And that process isn't the sexy part. That's the part no one sees. Um, and I think that if, and that to me boils down to loving education because the process of training, mm. it's just education. And if you believe in the educational process or like you've been encouraged to like educate or be a self-educator, then like nothing's gonna stop you. Nothing's gonna stop you. All of the information is out there. It's super easy to connect with people online to find a mentor. like. And all you have to do is believe and educate yourself and you literally can do whatever you want. I love that. Melinda, somebody wants to know how long have you been tap dancing? I started tap dancing when I was four. Oh, so about three years, guys, because Melinda's seven. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, long time. So with okay, so funny story, but then interesting. So when I went to Melinda's wedding, how many years ago is that now? Almost four years ago. Okay. So right. four years ago I go to Melinda's wedding. And I see this like older brown skin woman. And I say to Chloe, I'm like, who's that black lady at yeah. Melinda's wedding? And Chloe's like, that's Melinda's grandmother. And I was like, get out of here. And I said, who's that black dude? She said, that's Melinda's uncle. I said, like, blood or marriage? She said, blood. That is her family. And I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was like, Melinda's black? So <laughs> Melinda looks white. White. Yes, Melinda presents as white, but Melinda is half Colombian. Her family, you just know melon, the melanin just hopped right on over. It hopped, hopped skipped, and jumped over. <laughs> it hopped, skipped, and jumped over. But I'll say this. Melinda 
has always been an advocate for her black and brown brothers and sisters. And last year, particularly, here's the thing. Melinda been woke before woke was a thing. She was already awake, y'all. But I say this. That's very generous. No, it's true. Because here's the thing is, is, when you're talking about being a lover of education, Melinda is never afraid to ask the questions and to do the work. Because I think what gets annoying for people of color is when people ask the questions and then they don't do anything. It's like, oh, why is racism exist? Oh, that's why, okay, whatever. There's no, I've given so many people reading lists pre-2020. They read it and then 2020 comes around. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe this. And I'm like, I remember in 2015 when I gave you a list of books to read and you didn't care. So I'll say this, Melinda, how do you feel um, as an advocate and more than an ally, because I think allies can sometimes be like a passive word, but more than an ally, an activated ally, I'll say that, an activated ally. How do you, one, activate as somebody who is, who has family of color, you just, the melanin just missed you, but had you been more maybe in Colombia, you might be my complexion. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. how do you activate and how do you advocate? I think... It's also um, kind of going back to what you talked about when we're talking about imposter syndrome um, is to surround yourself with good people. Like you really are the five, they say like you're the five people you're closest to, like their personality, <laughs> they're like sum up to who you are. So I think I'm so lucky because it happened so naturally. Like I became friends with good friends with, black women at a very young age um and so that has been really authentic it's not like i was like oh my god like i need some black white friends. people i know who are like i need a black i'm like what this is so weird to me like, I just, <laughs> i'm like that's so fucked up um <laughs> uh, but so i'm very lucky and also like fortunate to my parents and to my family mm. who like put me into situations like going to Debbie Allen's to study dance, mm -hmm. like, um, and knowing the value in that and um, studying tap dance, which is a black art form like that in and of itself changed my life. Mm -hmm. my life. Um, and I think the other thing that's been really important the last couple of years is not being in denial that I am truly have so much white privilege, like, because mm -hmm. I think a lot of, you know, in the past, especially like with casting, like when I first started auditioning in New York, like, you know, there's, it's just really messed up in the industry and the fact that they want to always put you in these boxes and you have to check all these boxes and like, I, I look like this and like, I was never ethnic enough for the mm. ethnic show, but I wasn't white enough for the white show. And I think I got caught up in that a little. And, and now, you know, I understand that like, I am white. I live in the world as a white woman and mm -hmm. I have those privileges and I never have to think twice about it. Um, and I think coming to terms with that and um, continuing to educate myself on how I can <sighs> encourage my fellow white families, <laughs> sisters and brothers, like is I think super important because I know that just, just in my, uh, contribution in the tapping community and as an educator like that is um, and you know working with you and your sister like 
with your foundation, like that to me is so meaningful and a way that I can invest, you know, in helping there be equality, you know what I mean? Like as dumb as that sounds, but, um, but then also coming to terms with like, what have I like, you know, what privileges do I have? Like, and how have I, how have I just skipped over that in the past and just not even thought twice about it? Um, like, I don't, you know, I have, I understand what it's like to be a woman and not have right. privilege as a woman and be scared as a woman in the world. Like that I very much understand. Um, so I think it's that, it's that two part for me, like knowing, like being really honest with myself and that sometimes is hard and that's, that's feels, doesn't feel good, but that's, that's like the work that people talk about. You know, it's like, even though I hate that word too, but like it's coming to terms with like, what are the privileges you have? And then how can you extend those to others? You know? mm -hmm. But, you know, my friend Jen from Columbia, hey, Jen, she said, your honesty is beautiful. And this is heart work for real, for real. That's what Jen said. Jen is super, super smart, by the way. Hi, Jen. You know, it, and I think that just in terms of, because, you know, we, we talk a lot about gratitude and joy. And I think recognizing any of our privileges as well, obviously, in the States, racism is so rampant and it's yeah. important white privilege but even for myself like i recognize my ableism like i'm able to walk to the bathroom and i have a car and we have cell phones and we have internet and we have food and i get to choose what i want to eat and all of these things that are privileges that we take for granted and then we think about like our brothers and sisters you know in brazil like giselle's in brazil right now i, I was supposed to come teach in brazil in june and it just got canceled today because everything is so bad right now mm -hmm. and it's like and to feel powerless in that kind of situation and it's like and bad because of coronavirus guys brazil is amazing everybody needs to go when coronavirus subsides there yes but it is that privilege that like oh we can fly anywhere we can do whatever we i can go get the vaccine tomorrow if i want to or i cannot right. if i don't want to and right. so i think every day it's like recognizing our privileges and then magnifying the positive because even earlier when you were like if you, there is something big to worry about like focus and kind of like compartmentalize that but it's almost at the end of the day too worrying doesn't do anything yeah <laughs> like, it doesn't help it. if somebody's sick god bless but worrying is only going to make yourself sick mm -hmm. you know and and i think this whole last year has been very trying and telling. For, like, who are our real friends? Who's checking up on us? Mm -hmm. Who's hitting us? You know, who's saying, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? You know, friendships have been made. Friendships have been lost during this last year. I think it's just been super interesting. I'll say me and Melinda's friendship has been stronger than ever. Stronger than ever. Stronger than ever with our group chat, which is amazing can we talk about our group chat for just a moment the source of joy that is the group chat you know what's funny is i was remembering the other day at one point it's probably not like five or six years ago i tried to leave the group chat do you remember this yes and we bullied you back on you did you bullied me back on specifically <laughs> and a healthy dose of bullying from a friend is really good uh, but and i remember i was like oh, this is annoying, you know, and you're like, no, this is not annoying. This is important. And I'm like, okay. And now I'm like, I need it. I like, <laughs> I, I constantly just go to it. Like anyone write anything. Um, but I think it's important with your, 
yeah, like you said, in this past year, it is much, very much an equalizer. It's like, and and remembering like, what do we actually have? And the friendships, the friendships are so important. Giselle just said, friendship is saving my life. We miss you, Giselle. We miss you, Giselle. Oi, Giselle, tell your mom we said hi. No, friendship is literally like, I mean, we have a small nucleus family and, you know, the Arnolds. But my extended family, because, you know, we believe friends are the family you choose, is so expansive. And it's interesting because, you know, Chloe is always making fun of me. And Chloe's always like, you have 25 best friends. Who has 25 best? You know, she's all da 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 An ex-boyfriend of mine years ago sent me an email because I always was like, you know, if I ever got married, who would the actual bridesmaids be? Stupid questions in my brain. I, if I get married, I'm not having bridesmaids and all that I didn't have friends. Yeah. I know you didn't. I mean, you can if you want, and there's no shame. No, I don't want any. It's too much work, and they got to buy a dress, and it's expensive, and it's a headache. No. Everybody going to come. It's going to be fun. It's going to be in Brazil on a beach. But anyway, I digress. The point of what I was <laughs> Oh, no, I forgot my point. The point is 25 best friends. Email thank you, 25 best friends. Friend. Yeah. So what he said, he, thank you, Melinda. He emailed me, and he was like, he said, as you know it it didn't end the greatest way but he said the one thing i have to say that i admire about you is that you truly give so many people so much love and i don't know where you find the energy and i was like people are my source like if i had to be alone like really really quarantined like my heart aches for people that were sick and in hospitals and alone i would not have survived like i don't know if my jo my joy would have wavered and I would have leaned on my friends, mm -hmm. you know, and my family. Because the thing is, what is great about my family is that they're my friends too. I actually like them. It's not like mm -hmm. an obligation of like, you're my family, so I have to like you. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I like them a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think that friends is, it's so important. In our group chat, we check on each other and then we bully each other into like <laughs> greatness. <laughs> It's true. I mean, it's true. And it's funny, too, because I think going back to like giving advice for young people, I feel like it's really important to know, like, to know where you get energy from. Right? Because a lot of being an adult is like energy management. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Talk about energy management. And I feel I'm gonna like... put on my glasses for you, Melinda, because you know, we like to do costumes. Put them on. Talk yeah. about energy oh, my gosh, that chain is amazing. Isn't it cool? Look at this. Oh, I need to take them off. Oh, but they didn't fall. Oh, go ahead, Melinda. But then it's a necklace because it's cute. I love that. Okay. Daria Hines put me on. She's the oh, flyest. She send me the link. I need to get that exact one. Um, <laughs> I, I know you. we're almost done with our hour, but just no, you're fine. And we had our five minutes. Okay. You know, um, Funkel. That's right. But I feel like what was what has been helpful for me and. Um, for a lot of other people I know and respect is like knowing where you get energy, right? Ma was just saying, yes. I get energy from other people. And that's really important for me to know. <clears throat> I'm more of an introvert. So I actually get as much as I love my friends and I love group chat. Um, I get drained from social time. Mm -hmm. I love one-on-one -on -one time or like two-on-one -on -one time. But if it's a huge party or like a big event or if I'm around a lot of people, like I get super drained from that. But I get charged from time by myself with my puppets right or knowing you know doing my little activities at the house which is pretty much just like stretching and like you know putting on costumes um i love but, it 
it's good to know like where you get that energy or maybe it's like cooking, you know, I really like to cook or I, I really need to be with my, with my partner. Like I, you know, uh, I know I get charged by being with Max and, um, but I think that's, that's something that's super important, especially like moving to New York, right? Like when I moved to New York, everything drained me. Like it's just mm-hmm. a draining city. So especially in a situation like that, like finding, um, the thing that charges you like in New York, I remember when I lived there, I found this, like, I would find like either like the lobbies of hotels or like parks or like coffee shops where I knew they were like, just calm. And like, Mm -hmm. those would be the places I would go to if I had like, like Maude said, you can't really go home during the day once you're out. Nope. Um, So I would, you know, I would know these places I could go to and like calm myself and calm and recharge and get more energy. Um, So I think that's something that's been, that's very much tied to health. That's another way to really talk about your health is like energy management. But um, that has been something that's been super important for me as a performer and as someone in a very draining field where I Mm -hmm. use my body, like we're athletes and it's psychologically draining. So I would say the younger you can figure that out, like, what do I need to- I love that. I think everybody should this week, their modification reflection from Melinda is energy management and where do you get your energy from? And are you allowing yourself to, and are you giving yourself time to get that energy? And that's not to say that you shouldn't push yourselves because there are a lot, like if it doesn't mean that I can't be pushed, like, and that's the thing, like you also need to push yourself. Like, okay, it's going to be draining for me to go to the social event, but like, I do need to go. I need to challenge myself. And like, that's also important. So it's not about like, knowing because I feel like that's also a lot of people who are like really into astrology god bless them like I I know that's really important for a lot of people it's not for me um but they're like (laughs) this is my sign and this is just who I am and I'm like yeah great and it's the same with like these personality things like introvert extrovert big Uh like know who you are that's super helpful and then also you're gonna have to challenge that you like, have to like yeah. you know I thrive around people but I do realize something my mom used to, when I was in middle school she's like sometimes you just need to shut up and I was I like eh. I was like Barbara what and but she was right like be quiet and listen yeah. sometimes yeah and you know she really was like you talk a lot you have good things to say but you also need to learn how to listen and thank god she told me that because mm-hmm. I didn't I used to not thrive in listening and now I feel good I like listening I mean, I you, like have, you have a podcast, which is good. Like, that's about your listening to your guests. <laughs> like, that's what you're doing. I get but, to do both. I get to talk and I get to listen. And I always learn from my guests. By the way, Melinda, somebody said, Melinda, I have to say thank you. A few years ago, we met in Hong Kong, and I was really having the worst time of my life. And meeting you really inspired me to keep going forward. Oh, my gosh. That's so nice. That is so kind. Thank you for sharing that. That's and Peta from Australia is here. She said, it made her morning. Hey, Peta, love you, girl. Love See you Pete. soon. And she said, sing a song with the bass guitar with Dolby. I have Dolby. I don't know who don't Dolby know is, though. This is Dobby. Harry Potter. Oh, Harry it's Potter. Dobby. Oh, yo, I don't know. No, I don't know any Harry Potter. Like, I'm, I do like, of the, of the trilogies, well, that's like a six series. I like Lord of the Rings. And I like Mockingbird J Hunger Games. Yeah, and you like Game of Thrones. As oh my far gosh. As you guys, me and Melinda, Melinda and I need to just, hi, Miss Croatia so much. Yeah. 
I feel like this is a good theme because we had Hong Kong and Australia, now Croatia. One of the wonderful things about the best part, best part I would say about being a performer is traveling and seeing the world with your friends. Like that. How blessed. I just got yeah. the chills. It almost makes me emotional. How lucky are we? We're so lucky. And I realized how lucky we are like in the pandemic. I'm like, and also just where we are in our very, very late twenties. Um, when you, when you see, you know, in our, teens. Like, in our teens, when you see people are like, you know, you, it's time to like settle down. It's time to like grow up. And I'm like, I have had so much um, freedom that like so many people don't, you know, they're like, oh, when I retire, I'm going to, I'm going to travel. And I'm like, wow, I, how lucky I am. And that's also another thing as far as what you were saying about like being a, uh what did you say activated ally yes traveling has really opened my mind you mm -hmm. know i did grow up as much as i came into we always said go into the city even though i'm from the suburbs but anytime <laughs> we went to los angeles we're like we're going into the city lol but, you know i grew up in the suburbs very waspy very white and um as you know you can read in books as much as you want and which is super important and but traveling like there's just there's nothing, nothing like it. it. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Gabrina is laughing at us because you said late 20s. Look here, Dr. Gabrina. <laughs> You're 32. Melinda and I are 24. Okay. <laughs> this is this is just how it's going to be. I used to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think freedom is so, is so important to joy and the feeling of freedom, which I think also which goes back to tap dance when we think about the origins of our art form created by enslaved peoples who had no freedom. They created something to feel joy even in a time of enslavement and um, captivity. And I think that's what's so powerful about it because it's like, it's a necessity. Mm -hmm. And how lucky are we that we get to do it for a living and to share it and to, and to make it more widespread because what we know is that everybody who tap dances, you know, just they feel happy, you know? Like if you're tap dancing angry, I would say that's the only wrong way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I so funny. Someone just, oh, sorry, I didn't interrupt you. No, 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 go ahead. Um, someone just asked me, they're like, what do you miss most? Like what is, what, where do you want to perform when you, um, when the world opens back up? opens back up and I was like you know I used to do this gig that actually Max got me my husband because he, he books music at Grand Central Market which is this market it's a very old market in downtown LA it's really cool like and it's free like you can just walk into the market and go to buy food or it's very or, famous everybody just, who's not or from just LA sit in. like and that's kind of like what's beautiful about public places that are taken care of is like it's anyone can go anyone can go and I used to perform there a lot with, you know, different bands. And it was my favorite place to perform because it was like what you were saying, Maude, like the little baby to the old person to the homeless person to the coffee shop worker. Like every single person is like tap dance. What? And smile. And I yeah. just, it's like it was like the perfect balance between like street performing because I'm like, I'm never going to street perform again because <laughs> my niece it was like that it's like that with like you know 
having some sort of structure like I just love performing in a place where it's free to go yes it's outside you know it's like open air and like you really get that immediate reaction and I feel like the only other thing I can compare it to is like being a comedian where you just get that immediate reaction you know except when it's much easier because being a comedian is much harder <laughs> right because and I will yeah. say like having been one of my favorite comedians stopped by his name is Sidney Castillo he stopped he said but I love you okay I gotta go <laughs> one of the funniest people in LA yeah but and I having done stand up a few times I will say when people laugh it's like and I don't do drugs, I don't drink, but I feel, I guess this is what high feels like, why people do it, because it is addictive. Because when I talked to Dave Chappelle, he said, are you addicted? And I said, I am. I said, it, it feels different. Mm -hmm. But I will say before you go up there, it is the most nerve wracking. <laughs> You're like, because like, no, oh, because by the way, I've had it where nobody laughed. Mm. And that's like me at my family like, dinners. What'd you say? So that's like me at my family dinners where I'm just like cricket. <laughs> Cricket, wrong crowd. Okay. You're like, I'll take this. I'll take this to the sick of ladies group chat. Bill, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that I really applaud you, Maude. Like, I would love. One, you I should do it. You stand up. We but should. Two, you should do it. I thank you. Bully me into it. <laughs> I'm going to bully you because let me tell you, there is nothing to lose except not doing it. Like the only sure. thing would be regret. Like, I wish I had done this. There's so much to talk about because yes. what Chris Spencer told me once, and he's brilliant mm -hmm. uh, writer and, and stand-up comedian. He was like, always say, I, me, my, it's your story. It's I, me, or my, you can't say like, my sister's boyfriend. No, it has to right. be like, you can even, you know, appropriate, of take course. their story, but it has to be I, me, my. And you have so many funny stories, Melinda. I think that's a problem is like, I think they're funny. They are. <laughs> I should come out here and do some stand-up on the mod modcast. Um, no, let me tell you, stand-up on the internet is hard because remember yeah. when I did the Zoom show at beginning of quarantine? Yes, yes. I was like, this is like, God bless. And shout out to the comedians who do it, who are really seasoned and make it work. I can't do it. I did it. And I was like, I don't know if people are laughing or if they're frozen. Or, oh, oh, by the way, I froze during my set. Oh my god! Twice. Oh and my then god! I, and then I hear Sharona unmute, like, "Ma, run that back, run that back." And I'm like, I don't know what I said. Oh my gosh! Yeah, maybe not on the Zoom, but not on Zoom. It has to be real life. But I have, I have some ideas coming up. Okay. Let me for know. post whenever things are like a little bit open, but. Um, we definitely, I, I, am going to hold you to that, Melinda. Okay, thank you. I need, I need you to bully me to do it because I, like every New Year's resolution, people are like have real resolutions, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to do stand up, like literally. That's a real year. resolution. Also, people's real resolutions. Nobody, nobody <laughs> follows resolutions, which also is actually better because it means you're living the way that you want to live already, and that's a goal. Jenna said, Melinda, off the strength of some of your posts, you're naturally funny to me. Jenna, I Venmoed her to say that. Um, <laughs> but I think, See? yeah, I, thank you, Jenna. And I <laughs> am going to do it. And I'm, I'm going to be great at it. You're going to be great. You have nothing to lose. Yeah. I mean, I lost my vanity years ago. So it's really going to be great. <laughs> it No, I'm telling you. And it feels so good because even when I've done it a few times and, like, I sucked and nobody laughed, I still – what's funny is 
Because then some comedians were like, can we like give you some notes? Because they knew I was new. And I was like, yes, I love notes. Please, thank you very much. And it, you know, and, and everybody says it's hard to do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So just, I'm going to be here to believe. So everybody you heard it here on the modcast uh, with Melinda that she's going to be doing stand-up comedy in the next year um, yes. before 2022. I love, I mean, that's the thing as far as finding joy, I would say I love watching comedy like that to me if i start going to the bad place the dark place i'm like i know it's the only thing that'll snap me out of it wow like, watching a stand-up or watching like the office or so some funny show like because i'm like it's just it tickles me like it really tickles me in that way when you get tickled and you like can't help but laugh <laughs> I love like that. it it's pretty amazing and i i feel like most of my friends who i get along with including you it's because they have that same sensibility like they you know they want to yeah. laugh and they it's just like they're happy place and that's the thing is and what i realized too when you, when you do comedy when i set it up for you first of all anisa is the greatest audience audience member in the world for comedy in all of my videos of me doing comedy i hear anisa laughing oh my god the loudest and That's good. she has a loud laugh so it's very important it's so important and i am so thankful because you know some people are a little slow to laugh or whatever you got to get right. people warmed up so and and when i realized unless you're going to like some hard room where people are kind of like uh, people yeah. want people came to feel better yeah so they're not gonna look at you like you suck because that doesn't make their evening any better yeah no i'm sure it's a lot about like i mean that's why dave Chappelle and you know all the great stand-ups like they go to their hometown or they go to like a club where they you know they have family family and friends there because they're going to help them with their set like they refine it it's not like they just do exactly. their exactly i saw so yeah. many like kevin hart's specials on movies at comedy clubs in la yes yeah. yeah and it's amazing to watch the how they workshop it and you can be as famous as kevin hart and be worth hundreds of millions of dollars and you still got to go back to the little comedy club and workshop your jokes and that's what I think is super humbling yeah. about comedy is that it you don't like Dave Chappelle is at the top, but he's like still working on it. You know, like it's for amazing. Himself. It, it really reminds me because I feel like dancers are the hardest working people in show business. Like, and except like when I think about comedians or when I watch comedy specials or like behind the scenes, I'm like, it. There's this like um, similarity to me where it's like mm. you're paying your dues, and like you said, you don't really stop paying your dues in the same way where it's like with dance, like you feel like you're good this one day, but then if you stop maintaining it, like. You're done. And then you're, you're not relevant. Oh, Leah yeah. said, what's a set? Uh, Leah, in comedy, when a comedian goes up for a certain amount of time, that's a set. So it's like, you don't say like, I'm gonna go tell some jokes. You say, I'm gonna go do a set. So it means just performance, but that's what they call it. And it can be five minutes, three minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, 20 minutes. Good question. Again, that's a privilege. Talking about privilege earlier is that utilizing vocabulary because we've been in the industry. And the reality is, is like, Leah, there's no way you would have known that. I, and Leah always asks great questions. Thank you, Leah. Melinda, before we end this modcast, yes. I have five fire questions for you. Woo! Give it to me. Person that brings you the most joy. My husband. Shout out, Max. City that brings you the most joy. L.A. Country that brings you the most joy. Ooh. Mm -hmm. That's hard. I mean, I really liked going to Croatia. Me too. So 
just the idea of going back there. I have a limited, I've only gone to Dubrovnik, so, but I'll say Croatia. Food that brings you the most joy. <laughs> I love food. Um, I love um, Rice Krispie Treats. I just made some the other day. For Ooh, you should have brought some over. Last but not least, song that brings you the most joy. Um, definitely Donny Hathaway or Stevie Wonder, but I was listening to Donny Hathaway today. He has a song called Flying Easy, and it's, I just love it. And it makes me feel like I'm soaring. Like, I, every time I hear it, I want to, like, drive in my car windows down, like, on the PCH. Oh, I love that. Yeah. By the way, Melinda, you put me on to a Stevie Wonder song called Love Light, Love's Light and Flight. Oh, so good. And that is one of my favorite songs. Thank you for putting me on. Everybody, this Stevie has Wonder. been Melinda Sullivan and Bunny and Little Bunny Tutu. Thank you for coming to the podcast, day, Melinda. I have to have you back for a part two. You know what our part two okay. is going to be? A debrief. A debrief of your stand-up comedy set. How about that? Great. I Any last it. words for the people, Melinda? I'm uh, flying. Oh, Leah, flying easy by Donny Hathaway. Yeah. Um, last words, everyone. Make sure you floss. Make sure you stretch and drink water. And everybody, modify your day and your week. I love you, Melinda. I love you, Thank you Mom. so much. Bye. Bye. Love you. Thank you, everybody.